Wake up, Chief. Welcome gamers of all ages to the Don't Trust Us Gaming Podcast, where we dis- discuss video games of all types. We're your hosts, Andrew and Josh. Let's get ready to start this game, and uh, I know it's been a while. We've had some technical difficulties here and there. We've both been busy with our lives, you know, uh, a lot of personal things going on. So Josh, what have you been up to, man? Um, man, shout out to my brother. He got married um, last Sunday, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um He's my older brother, man. I'm happy for him. It was kind of like a real fast thing because there's some personal reasoning behind it. But um, congratulations, Doug. Congratulations, Olivia. Love you guys. You guys deserve nothing but lifetime of happiness. Congratulations, too, for me. Um, I don't know you yet, but congratulations. Yeah. Um, I, I Josh was telling me you listen, so congratulations, man. Yeah, yeah, he'll appreciate that, man. I, he knows about you. I talk about you all the time. Like, oh man, this dude. Uh, oh man, he's like our our like fifth brother. So he knows. Damn, number five. Yeah, for sure. But no, like I said, congratulations. But other than that, man, just work and school. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That wedding, dude. All right. Well, yeah, I've been busy with work and. Scrapping to get stuff done. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, with the baby on the way, we're we're scrapping to get the room done, clothes bought, all the stuff we need. Little Goku so, on the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, would be more like Go Ten. Oh yeah, but you know. Yeah. Um, but other than that, so uh, that leave that we'll we'll leave it at that. So we've been busy. Um, we usually try to do this biweekly, but. Um, that was the original plan, but, you know, some personal things kind of set us back a couple weeks, and then Life. we were recording, and we were having technical difficulties, had to buy some new new equipment to make sure we were all on, on the go. Um, so we'll transition to our first segment on this. So, Josh, what are you playing right now, man? So, what I'm playing right now is um, Injustice 2, that DC mm-hmm. fighting game. That um, Yeah, you were looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, from last episode. That NetherRealm released. Um it's the storyline behind there is just phenomenal. The writing, mm-hmm. um, the somewhat character development that takes that takes place throughout mm-hmm. the story was impeccable. I mean, I from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing the Wonder Woman's like probably the best DC movie ever put out. But like this DC universe or story mm-hmm. is probably the best one I've experienced across like the television and movie universe you know what i mean okay like these writers did an outstanding job on getting the point across writing the story and actually fleshing it out and making it emotional okay so i mean and like i said it's a fighting game so it's it's a fighting game you don't expect much don't expect like a 40-hour campaign because you're not going to get that but it is it is worth it if you want a really good story um and if you're if you're just a fan of DC in general, Batman and Superman have a really good uh 
a really good good quarrel that goes on between them and they have a banter that I've sent you over multiple times. It's like, dude, this is writing. You know what I mean? Good writing. Yeah, this is like good writing. But other than that, um, like I said, I highly recommend people pick pick it up just to play it. It's uh, Experience the story. Just experience it. Even if mm-hmm. you have to sit through a YouTube Let's Play or We Play or iGame, whatever they call it nowadays, just Sit through it and watch someone, your favorite YouTuber or whoever it is, play through the story because it's that okay. amazing. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm a fan of fighters, as you know, um, but I like the anime 2D fighters like Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, Persona 4 Arena, um, Street Fighter 3, like stuff like that. Is this going to appeal to me or is it more of like a like a mortal the new Mortal Kombat where it's in a 3D arena? It, well, it, it is in a 3D arena, you know, by the mm-hmm. trailers and stuff like that. The My only gripe with it is, um, I honestly, I'm a big, big, not believer, but I'm a big, I'm big on, if you release a fighting game, all the characters you release in that fighting game should be standard characters in the next fighting game. They shouldn't be DLC characters, you know what I mean? Did that happen here? Well, yeah. There's about, like, I want to say six to seven fighters that haven't been announced yet or maybe coming in DLC. But, like, Doomsday. Um, Doomsday is one of my favorite villains of all time. You know what? And um, he was in the first Injustice, and I played the shit out of him because I loved him. He was just perfectly balanced for me, and he just has that menacing look. And I'd love to play Doomsday, right? Mm-hmm. Go on here hoping to, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play Doomsday. I'll do the tower or the multiverse with him, which is, like, their version of the tower from Mortal Kombat. Okay. And I found out where Tuesday hasn't even, he's not on the standard roster, and, like, he hasn't even been confirmed for any DLC packs. You know what I mean? So, I'm, I feel, yeah. it's it's just one of my biggest cracks. If you're going to release a fighting game, release all the fighters that came out with it before. Well, I, I think that's the new era of, of gaming in general, is the DLC. Um, you see it a lot anymore, um, in any game, um. I'll use... Who would I use? Uh, let's use Persona 4 Dancing All Night as an example, right? Um, it was a full, full-fledged full game, right? You get your full story with your main characters, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you want to play different songs or play as, like, Marie from Persona 4 Golden or, you know, stuff like that, it was DLC. Yeah. Um... It's like, pay me an extra five bucks, you'll get a new character and a new song. Oh, yeah, and then what what really p- pissed me off is you go to, like, a locked character, and it's Darkseid, that was, like, a pre-order bonus from GameStop, and it's he's five bucks. I'm not going to waste five bucks on one character that I'm not going to play. Right, the, the pricing seems to get a little ridiculous nowadays, too. Yeah, and I mean, it's, like, give us an opportunity to actually earn fighters. I understand releasing, like, six more fighters and a five dollar dlc that's understandable or a ten dollar dlc but i'm not gonna you know that's just my that that's probably my only gripe against the game because like i said mm-hmm. it, it is a phenomenal game and i do recommend picking it up but i mean that's all that's the only bad thing i have to say about it I, I'm, it's, okay. it sucks that it's it is like this and you're right games are definitely leaning towards that area of you know rehashing old content and trying to resell it as DLC, which is ridiculous, but that's just the gaming era we live in right now, so we're going to have to deal with it. Well, it's not even that. It's the, Companies aren't releasing a complete game anymore. Yeah. And they're they're locking, like, 
they're locking things behind the DLC. Yep. So, um, I'm trying to think of an example of what game that was, where it was... Actually, it's Fire Emblem... Um, Fire Emblem Fates. The true ending's locked behind a DLC. The true path of the game is locked behind DLC. Um, it's Revelations is the true path that you're supposed to follow in that game. And it's a... You know, you buy... Conquest or, or Birthright for 40 bucks, and then you have to buy Revelations for another 20 to get the true path. Yeah, and like I said, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it, but there's nothing we can do. Companies are going to do what they do. Yeah, it's a moneymaker now, yeah. for sure. But other than that, man, that's, um, that's all I've been up to. Um, oh, I want to give a shout-out also to my wife, because she kicks my ass at Injustice every single well, night. Well, you said she was going to. You told me. Oh, yeah. On the last episode, you said this is going to happen. And... Yeah, well, because... Okay, so her thing is, she says she button mashes, and she mm-hmm. she doesn't button mash, too. She goes, no. like, she pulls off, like, 20-hit combos, and I'm, like, watching Twitch videos on how to get better and YouTube videos, and, like, these these guys can't even pull out those combos, dude. And it's always at the most critical times, like, when health is critical and she needs one more hit, right? Mm-hmm. I freaking do my ulti or my special, you know, their signature move or whatever, Right, and she blocks it and goes on these twenty hit freaking combos and just decimates me and I lose. I get pissed. I throw my controller on the ground and I walk out, man. Ugh. But, Terrible. But Terrible. Other than that, man, that's what I've been up to. That's what I've been playing. Um. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm kind of drifting away towards it. Like I mentioned in the first episode, um, I'm kind of back in Diablo three now. It's kind of like okay. It's my main. Well, did they game. just release the Necromancer? That won't come out until I believe September. Okay, well, I saw a trailer, and I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, I'm still grinding away at Diablo, trying to collect whatever I can, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, what have you been up to? What games have you been playing? Well, so I finished Persona 5, and I'll talk about that later in our in our ending segment a little bit. Um, it was just a fantastic game, and happened to be the week that I finished it is when... The game I was looking forward to from the last episode, Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valentia, came out that Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing that every chance I get. The best part of it is it's on a 3DS, and so I'm able to pick it up, play it for, you know, on my half-hour lunch break at work, or if my wife falls asleep on the couch, I'm able to pick it up, plug my headphones in, and play. Or, you know, I'm able to take it with me and, and play for, you know, 30 minutes here and there. And it's a fantastic game. Um, but so you've played some Fire Emblem games, but which ones have you played? I played uh, Fates. So I played Conquest and um, what's the other one? I'm drawing blank. Con- uh, of Fates, there's Birthright, Birthright, Conquest, and Revelations. Yeah, Conquest. I played Conquest and uh, uh, Birthright, and that I never gotten around to Revelations because by the time mm-hmm. Revelations came out. All bunch of games that I wanted to play came out, so I kind of just took a back seat. Yeah. So do you do you like you like Fates? Uh, I I I do. Um, I I've also played Awake, Awakening, but that was years mm-hmm. ago, and um, I I wasn't a huge fan of Awakening. I liked the difficulty on Conquest. You know, mm-hmm. it felt like it was a challenge mm-hmm. right off the bat. But other than that, mm-hmm. I mean, I I enjoyed them, but uh, I felt like they could have been better. Okay. So this game's nothing like either of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'll just say that straight up. It's nothing like either of them. It's classic Fire Emblem. Um, 
to a sense. Um, the Weapon Triangle didn't come out until Genealogy of the Holy War, which is Fire Emblem 4. But So this game is a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which is the second Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. And like everything in the Nintendo generation, the original Nintendo generation, every time there was a sequel, they tried to change, it, change the formula of the game up to make it stand out from the first one, right? So yeah. you had like The Legend of Zelda, awesome, great game, top-down, you know, action RPG, top-down game. Adventures of Link was a 2D side-scroller action RPG. Yeah. Um, same thing with Fire Emblem Gaiden. Fire Emblem Gaiden was the start of a revolutionary of the tactic, tactical RPG genre. Um, Fire Emblem, I should say, was. And Fire Emblem Gaiden took that formula, added typical JRPG staples. They added towns, villages. Um, they added dungeons, which, are sh- which were short, but they then that brought in random battles. It added a world map with random battles. Um, so it became more of... It's the game that pretty much divides the Fire Emblem fandom. Yeah. Um, well, originally, Fates and, and Awakening kind of did that recently. Mm-hmm. But in the past, this was the game that was divisive. People either loved it or hated it. So when they said they were going to remake Gaiden as Echoes, a lot of people were like, why are you remaking Gaiden, the game that half the franchise fans don't like and half the fans love? But what they did was they added some modern elements into it. They took the story, they made it bigger and and better. They added some characters. Um, they redid the dungeons. They redid the towns. Um, the story was modernized, but back in the day, it was a good, good, like story, feudal era story about two kingdoms at war, and your two main characters are kind of stuck in it, and they get pulled into it, and their destinies coincide together and blah 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 mm-hmm. um, back then it was like a revolutionary type story today it's pretty cliche but they've expanded on it fixed some of the narrative very deep story um, every single one of the characters is engaging um, is likable unlike Fates and Awakening where you didn't like certain characters because of their archetypes or they're very very cliche anime trope characters um, they're not so much in this game. Um, I mean, of course, the main the main hero, Alm, has his own harem of girls that love him. Typical anime cliche nowadays, but he only has eyes for one, and yeah. that's the main heroine, of course. <laughs> um, but And then in, they took out the weapons triangle, um, but they added strategy in the equipable items. So you know how in, in Awakening and Fates you could equip like five items? And different sets of skills to your characters. Five items, five skills. Uh-huh. Um, you can't do that in Shadows of Anthea. You can only equip one item per character. And that could be anything. You could have a mage equip a shield so they have better defense. Yeah. But that shield comes with consequences. They're going to be slower. They might have less speed. And, and Fire Emblem being slower means you can't double up attacks. Um, or you can equip them... They can't equip... Mage, certain mages can't equip swords or spears, but... Um, you could equip weapons to them that take the place of the standard weapon that they have. So everybody's, every class has like an automatic weapon. Um, so mercenaries, myrmidons, and dreadfighters always carry a sword no matter what item you have equipped. Mages already have their spells. Um, um, knights, cavaliers have their lances. You know, stuff like that. But you could equip different lances to give different effects or... 
learn different skills. So each weapon technically has certain skills that the character learns. Yeah. Which is nice. It gives a little depth to the strategy. Um, like I know I made a tank out of one of the characters um, that you get on Alms Route, Lucas. He's a He starts out as a, a Lance Knight and he becomes a... He just becomes like a tanky type knight, but I gave him a shield. So literally what I can do is I can throw him up. And the shield I gave him is actually adds to his resistance too, so it makes him strong against magic. Yeah. And I can literally put him on the front lines, and he will just tank hits. Like, he'll take one damage from every attack now. Like, but he won't do much damage in return, and he only gets to attack once because his speed's super slow because of the shield I gave him. So now, with that, so since this shield, since you made him, like, tanky, right? Mm-hmm. Can you pair him up? No pair-up in this game. So no no unit pair-ups? No pair-ups whatsoever. Okay. Um, so there's no pair-ups anymore. There's no... Um, the support conversations are still there, but they're in battle, you know what I mean? So they're, they go back, Tarkin, to the... Game Boy Advance Fire Emblems, where if you build your supports with certain people, you can run up to them in battle, and it'll say, like, the talk command, and you could talk to them, and then you'll get your, your conversation, and that's how you get your, your character depth there. There's no, like, set base you have to talk to them in and things like that. Um, and promotion works a lot differently in this game than it has in past games. Like, in Fates and Awakening, you have the seal system, where okay, well, I have a second seal that I can go to an alternate class, and then I have a master seal to get to my next class, or I have a friendship seal so I can go to my, my A rank class, my A plus rank class, or yeah. my heart seal, I can go to my spouse's class. Like, there's, there's none of that here. Um, you have to go through the dungeons. You don't have to because there's some points on the map where you go to a statue where it's just kind of there. Yeah. But you have to go to a statue of Milo, which is one of the goddesses in the game. And you have to pray to the goddess when you reach a certain level per character. So every character's or every class has like a different level it promotes at, depending on the class. Um, so you go to like, say, I got my female mage up to level fourteen. She can then promote to a priestess, which so I have to go to the statue, which is either in a dungeon or at a far point on the map, pray to the statue, and I can promote. Yeah. Um. And a lot of people, there's debate right now about what to do, when to promote. Some people say, oh, wait till level 20 because you get all these stat boosts. Well, promotion works different in this game. Um, where, say, my female mage, when you promote to Priestess, the HP, the base HP is 37, right? Yep. Um, and, like, the magic is, like, 18, or the attack, because there's no magic points, there's just attack points. So the attack's, like, 18, and when I get to level 14 to promote there, my character's HP is at 30 and the attack's at like 15. I'll automatically jump to those base stats. But say I'm above them, I'll get no change in stats whatsoever. So it, it's kind of a... There's a debate going on within the fandom right now saying, do you promote at 20? Do you just promote when it gets unlocked? Yeah. Um, I've tried a couple ma- a couple battles promote trying to grind up, but once you hit that promotion level, it's super hard to get experience. It takes forever. Um, so it's not really like, unless you want to spend hours and hours grinding, go right ahead, I don't care. Like, that's your choice. But I don't want to spend 20 hours grinding just to get to level 20 to promote again. 
when I'm just going to have similar stats anyways. I might lose one or two points here yeah. and there. But I'd rather just do that than, you know. Yeah, and that makes sense. So, and it made, and the difficulty spike is ridiculous in this game. So the first three acts are very, very, like, the first prologue act is like a tutorial. Act one, two, and three are kind of, like, getting you into the flow of the story. So the, the maps aren't as difficult. And then I hit act four. And the maps in act four are ridiculous. Um, they're long. They're filled with enemies. They're filled with enemies that spawn more enemies. Um, it's just crazy, right? So I've actually just finished a map like an hour ago that took me three hours to beat. Are you serious? Because I went in, I went in gung ho, right? I'm like, boom, we're going in, and then it turns out the the swamp I was walking on deals five damage to each character that stands on it. Okay, I figured that out within the first turn, right? And then so I was like, okay, I'll take it slow and I'll heal him as I go. Well, then I got swarmed with the enemies that this guy was spawning. And I ran out of Mila's turn wheel turns, and so I restarted, and it was just ridiculous. Um, so then I decided, okay, well, we're going to take it even slower. We're going to you know, work the way around this map this way and pick off enemies literally one by one. And that's how I had to work that map to get through it. Um, the map right before that took me about an hour and a, and a half because um, a lot of the characters on the heroine's route, Celica's route, don't have high resistance, yeah. which is magic defense, and there were a lot of mages on that map. So I was getting, you know, I had to figure, like, if I get too close, all the mages are going to gang up on my guys with low resistance. I'm going to lose them. I'm going to have to re refresh anyway. So I had to slowly pick them off with my archer, with some of my mages, and then run in for the kill with my, my guys with low res. So... I mean, the difficulty spikes, it, it jumped in spike, and so that's what I like about this game. Makes you uh, think more. Yeah, it, and people said, oh, the strategy's gone with no trying, weapon triangle anymore. No, the strategy's here, and it's probably deeper now because it's more like a Final Fantasy Tactics now, where it doesn't matter what weapon I'm using, but I'm still going to have to pace myself out because the AI's better. Yeah. Um, and again, it doesn't help on playing on hard, but, you know, I am... I'm one of those Fire Emblem guys that I only play classic mode on hard or lunatic, so I like torture. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so I'm about 40 hours into that. They said it'd take 40 hours to beat, but I still have two acts to go. So, I don't know. I'm still grinding dungeons. Like, I go through and I look through everything in a dungeon. My typical JRPG-ness, my completionist in me. Yep. I need to find everything. Um, yeah, but that's, that's Fire Emblem Shadow of Valentia. I, I wanted to talk for five minutes, and it turned into 15. Well, this is fine. Um, but yeah, so there's been a lot of recent news and reveals lately. Um, so there's some news of... Actually, there's a lot of delay news. So do we want to hit that first, or do we want to go on a, re a reveal news? Uh, we'll hit the delay news first. Okay. Um, did you want to start with your delay news first, and then I'll go through some of mine? Um, I'll, I'll start with mine. It's one of the biggest ones. Um, and it's mm -hmm. ones I'm, I'm okay with. It's a uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 being delayed. Okay. Um, Rockstar always ships good games. Always. Right. At launch. So if they don't feel like Red Dead Redemption 2 is up to par on their release day and they need to push it back a couple months 
to get it where it needs to be. I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, was I looking forward to it this year? Of course I was. I well, who wasn't looking forward to it? Oh, it's yeah. like the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, yeah, and Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption, I said it in our first podcast, is one of my top five all-time favorite RPGs. Mm-hmm. You know, that game was just phenomenal. Um, you know, and so I I was kind of hurt, but at, at the same time, I understand. Like, Rockstar is not at Square Enix, where they're just going to delay and delay and delay, you know? Um, right. They're going to they're going to get it right before it ships. And that's why they have my complete trust with with the game mm-hmm. to make sure it's up to par and it's up to their standards. Because Grand Theft Auto, what what was it, 6 came, or 5? 6? 5 was the last one, okay. yeah. 5, they released that one, and that one worked, or that one on launch was great, you know? Um, no, no problems, no server issues. I mean, yeah, online was delayed two weeks, but that's whatever. Um, but no, uh, that um, Red Dead Redemption, like mm-hmm. I said, I'll, I'll wait for it. It's um, okay. It, it's it's a game that I want in my hands right now, but at the same time, just make it perfect before you deliver it to me. Do it right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm do uh, it right or don't do it. Pretty yeah, much. yeah. And um, and then I'll let you talk about the next two because we're both on the same page. But that was my biggest one because I was I'm I'm a I'm a Western RPG guy. Yeah, and I'm more of a, a JRPG guy, so that's where I come in on this one, I yeah. believe, Bolt, is Bolt. what we're thinking of. Yeah. It's not really set technically delays, but more just the time frame got revealed, and it's a lot longer than people thought they were. Yeah. Because of the what we've seen up until this point, that's Final Fantasy VII Remake and Kingdom Hearts Kingdom III. Hearts. Yep. So the thing with Final Fantasy VII Remake is they were outsourcing it a little bit to kind of push the development what was faster, you mm-hmm. know, because they wanted to release these episodic, like these huge 40, 50 hour episodes of Final Fantasy VII, which I'm only assuming is disc one, two, and three expanded upon in three set episodes. So it's now a huge 120 hour campaign. You know, that's my assumption. I'm probably wrong because knowing Square Enix, they're going to butcher it. Yeah. Um, and they're going to turn Final Fantasy VII into Final Fantasy shit pile. <laughs> Um, and don't get me wrong, Final Fantasy VII is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, it's the first true traditional JRPG that I actually understood what I was doing and actually paid attention to the story. So don't get me wrong, I want to see this remake come out, but I want to see it done right, and I don't like what I'm seeing about it. I don't like that all of a sudden Square Enix took back the outsourcing and brought it back in-house. Yeah. That gives me some concern. Um... What also gives me concern is that it's becoming more of an action RPG. Yeah. Um, I wanted a, When I said remake, I wanted a true remake. I wanted what Fire Emblem did with Shadows of Valentia. That's what I wanted. I wanted what Nintendo just did. I want you to stay true to the formula. I want you to stay true to the story. Stay true to most of the gameplay. And give me an updated product. I don't want to play Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy. I don't want Final Fantasy VII Kingdom Hearts. That's pretty much... I don't want that. That's not what Final Fantasy is. Final Fantasy is a turn-based JRPG franchise. Mm -hmm. I think the best battle system in the whole series, and God forbid I'm going to get flamed from this from everybody, is Final Fantasy XIII. 
they have the perfect battle system in that game. It felt real-time, but it was also the active turn-based battle system that Square Enix invented. <coughs> so, I mean, I don't like what I'm seeing from Final Fantasy VII. Don't get me wrong, I'm still going to play it, but it's going to come out in, like, 2020, Episode 1. Well, that's... Yeah, and see, that's the thing with delays. It's So they gave us a release window, right? But with Square Enix, you always got to counter in... Or you got to always consider the delays, because it's going to be delayed at least one to two more times. I would say that if it's a Final Fantasy product. Um, Star Ocean 5 didn't see delays. Um... Dragon Quest isn't seeing delays. Um, for some reason, the people in charge of the Final Fantasy line are, I don't know, they're trying to reinvent Final Fantasy in a way that it's never been before. Yeah. Um, and they're having issues with it. We'll see. Um, and, 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 and I don't know where the issues lie. I think it's all on um, the guy who's done 7 and 15 and the Kingdom Hearts series. He seems to be the issue. Um, he's been in charge of all three of those games and all of them are constantly... Maybe he needs to step down and give it to somebody else. I don't know. Uh, and, and that can't be good. I mean, because they... Square Enix has a, does has a, do have a history of delays, right? Um, Nowadays, yeah. They didn't used to and all of a sudden their product is dropped and they're delaying it more. Yeah. And, you know, Kingdom Hearts. I mean, we're both freaking uber excited for that game, but we know we're not going to see that for a couple of years. But, I mean, what, four years ago at E3 it was announced. Yeah, and all we do, all we get is trailers. That's all we get. The the original trailer looked like we were, one of the original trailers looked like we were ready to go. Well, yeah, and I, I'm just saying don't expect the same game that they showed four years ago. Oh, no, it, you can see it now when they see you see the new trailers that come out all the time it kingdom hearts has totally evolved in the last two or three years i and, and that's one game that i i will take the delays yeah um because for some reason kingdom hearts is kingdom hearts i i can't fault it for anything um i mean the story is convoluted as hell yeah. uh, but you know me and we've talked about it in the past at work where when we used to work together that I've gone over the whole Kingdom Hearts story, and for some reason it made it make sense. Yeah, because it was confusing as hell. Uh, yeah, and it's just... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're getting all these games in between. <laughs> like, we're getting... We got one, and we got Chain of Memories. I'm like, okay, like it's like 1.5 for the Game Boy Advance. It's going to breach to two, and then we got two. And then we're like, yes, we're ready for three, and we saw the end trailer like Kingdom Hearts always does at the end of every game. They show the trailer, and it looked freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get that game. It, we, we're all like, this is Kingdom Hearts 3. We're going to get it right away. We didn't. We got um, 358 over 2, which is Roxas's side story, um, to explain how Roxas ended up in the organization and ended up in the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, then we got a remake of a cell phone game called Recoded, which is just Datasora recounting Kingdom Hearts 1, but added story into it to set up Kingdom Hearts 3. And then we got Birth by Sleep, which was that whole trailer we saw at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, which is a 10-year prequel to the original Kingdom Hearts. And then we got Dream Drop Distance, which is the 3DS game, which is technically Kingdom Hearts 2, like Kingdom Hearts 3, but not 3. 
because it moves the story forward to set up three, like two, two point basically two, three. But then there's a 1.5 and a 2.5, which is certain games put together in a collection. Yeah. And now we have 2.8, you know. <clears throat> so they're, they're just moving this story forward more and forward, and I'm okay with it. Um, so I'm okay with the Kingdom Hearts delay. I really am. Yeah. Just, just get Kingdom Hearts right, please. Finish the story properly. Um, and like I said, this isn't the end of the franchise. It's just the end of this long, epic saga. Yeah. That started in 2002. And with that, um, you know, I think they did a good job on not really, like, promising too much with the trailers. They When they first announced it, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, this game's in development. And we already knew that it's going to be a yeah. while till we see it. But now it's getting to that point. It's like okay, the game's in development, and we're at that we're at that bridge where it's like we're waiting at least another two more years, and that's fine because that's what we expect. But after that, you guys gotta give us something. You gotta give us three. Oh, yeah. otherwise you're going to lose your fan base at yeah. that point. Yeah, I mean, it, it, two. It has to be two two more years, right? I mean, you think they're gonna go beyond I mean, that? They might they might surprise us at E3 and say it's going to be out winter of 2018, which in 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 game release time is early January February next year. Yeah, because like they said, it will be out by 2020. Yeah. So they're they're giving themselves an ending time frame. They're saying that with that and Final Fantasy VII. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we just hope for the best. Yeah, but then in, in then in another JRPG strategy RPG delay was Summon Night Six. I briefly said that I was looking forward to it, but Fire Emblem was coming out at the same time. Yeah, but it's not Summon Night Six is on indefinite hiatus right now. Um, because this is a weird one for me because I've never seen a company throw the original company under the bus. Yeah. Um, so Summon Night Six got delayed, and basically. Gaijin Works, which is the one translating it and pr- putting it out for us here in the States and in the West, um, Gaijin Works came out and said, the ROM we received was supposedly the final, but it was missing content when we tested it, so we had to send it back to get fixed. That's why we don't have the game ready yet. Yeah. Um, so they sent it back, and they, they got it back maybe like a week ago, the complete game, so they're working on translating it. So we don't know. It's on indefinite hiatus. Um, I was looking forward to it. It's Jeff, definitely a niche strategy RPG, um, and this one's more like of a more like of a love note to the to the fans of the franchise because it's got a lot of cameos. The story relates to all the other Summon Night games, and so I was really looking forward to it. But now I'm just I actually canceled my pre order on this one because I don't know when it's coming out. I don't want it sitting there and all of a sudden to show up at my door and I don't know that I paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, by the way, yeah, I use Amazon to buy my games because with Prime you get the discount. So, like, a $40 game I get for 32 Yeah. So, and I get it on a release day. But So that's the other delay that I wanted to just get out there, and I found it really odd that that's why it was delayed. Um, speaking of news, did you see they're going to have a Pokemon Direct tomorrow? I did. I did see that. And I think that's when uh, Pokemon Star is going to be announced for the Switch. That, or are they just going to do like they did last time and just jump another generation? Yeah, which, you know... Or, or could we get a remake of Diamond and Pearl? No. 
remake of Black and White? <laughs> if, if they're going to do a remake and they're going to put it on the Switch, I, I guarantee you they see it as an opportunity to remake their two most famous ones, and that's Pokemon Red and Yellow. Red and Blue? No, Red and Yellow. Well, no, it came out red and blue in the States, yeah. red and green in Japan, and the third version was yellow. Yeah, yeah, but the most popular ones are red and yellow. Well, that's true, because Charmander and Pikachu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, um, why would they re- – they already remade those once. Why would they remake those again? Because they're going for – it's Pokemon. They can remake anything, and it will sell. Well, that's true. I mean, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire were terrible. But, I mean, if they have the opportunity to – reset the Pokemon universe or reintroduce it to the Switch with updated graphics and new mechanics, then I see them doing it in a way where they're going to try to bring back, you know, that same what, what's old is new again, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going to do it for just one cycle. I'm not going to say they're going to go and do like Soul Silver or, or Silver and all those other ones. I'm just saying that they're going to probably start off like reintroduce the Pokemon world with a little bit of nostalgia with Red and mm-hmm. Yellow. Red, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, red, yellow slash blue. Mm. So, you know, but I, 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 I'm hoping, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for, but I want, I, I just want to see that direct. I want to see how it goes. Yeah, it's actually going to probably air in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're, we're recording this late and it's, uh, we're looking at Japan time. Let me check the time. But other than that, um. There was another reveal that you're not like you're not stoked. You're like you're okay about it, but you're not like super stoked about it. Yeah, and, and I'll let you go ahead with that. Yeah. So that reveal is um, I mean this game was revealed in April, but the gameplay was revealed on in May, and that's mm-hmm. De- Destiny Two. Um, I've went on rants and rants to you about how much that franchise has just robbed their consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, on how much that. They betrayed basically their fan base, and I don't see how people can sit by and let this happen to them, but they're just letting it happen to them. And I'm not saying Destiny 2 is going to be a bad game, but from what I've seen from that gameplay, and it's only a little bit. I mean, E3 could come Sunday or next week and like completely shut me up, right? But from the, what, the gameplay, from what they showed me in that gameplay and all the new stuff that they showed should have been all the shit included in Destiny 1. You can't promise 10 years of content for Destiny 1 and say, oh, yeah, we're making a sequel to it. That's not 10 years of content. That does not right. right? That does not count. If you're saying that this game is going to be an open MMO game where you can explore the galaxy with your friends and do all the stuff and you get the game and it's a shared world, that's that's a betrayal, man. That's a whole bait-and-switch tactic, you know? And right. So with the reveal of Destiny 2, they showed all this, you know, all this promising stuff, all this cool stuff like um, treasure hunts and adventures and, you know, new weapons. I mean, it looks like the same Destiny game, which is fine, you know, just better graphics and more stuff to do. But this is all the stuff that should have been included in the first game anyways. And then they go on and show, oh, well, these are the new uh, abilities for the Titan, Warlock, and Hunter. And it's just like... and. When they showed that, I texted you, like, dude, these are recycled ideas from the raids. That's what they are. Like, there's Right, and I was confused. I was like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and there, there's no original idea to that. The hunter, or the Titan gets a shield that you get from the raid um, Vault of Glass to stop the fucking Templar. How is that original, dude? <laughs> like, they, yeah. they literally ripped that from Athena, from um, Borderlands, the pre-sequel. 
Okay. They ripped that whole shield ability because she does the same thing. She takes out the shield, she absorbs it, or she absorbs damage, and then she could throw it like freaking Captain America and it bounces and ricochets, right? Right. And I'm not saying Borderlands are the first one to do it because Diablo has that with the Crusader. The Crusader does the same thing, right? But I'm just saying, like, if you're going to introduce Destiny 2, introduce new stuff. Be more original than that. You have to be. There's no excuse. You have this whole team dedicated to finding out what the community wants, and they constantly fail. With this reveal, it shows me that they haven't learned shit from anything, huh. dude. Like, And then the Warlock special ability is, I forgot what they call like a Flame Dawn or Dawn Flame or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. stupid thing they wanted to call it. You get a sword, and you just fly across the map firing, like, fireballs from a sword? Okay, how is that original? Because in Destiny, you get exotic swords anyways as a weapon, you know? Like, as your special weapon, you could get swords. So why is that so different from me carrying around a sword? Right? True. And then, I mean... Yeah, and then the hunter gets this freaking diabo where he's, like, dancing around, like, all gymnastic shit and uh, lighting people on fire or... Uh, shooting electricity from it, and it's just like, come on, man. This, it's not original. Like I, I even sent you a list of like stuff I came up on my own that I felt were better, way better than what they did. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the freaking warlock could have like a doppelganger or hologram, or he could duplicate like three times himself, and then they do a different variety of elemental damage to the enemy. Right, mm-hmm. or the hunter has this thing called the elemental bow, where he can shoot three arrows at the enemy, and it causes three different types of elemental damage, and once they explode at the same time, causing massive damage or whatever. Right, like some like that's original. That's original. Yeah, it's probably borrowed from like the subconscious of my mind from something I've seen, but still, that's something we haven't seen in Destiny. So with the reveal of Destiny Two, it's just like, why should I play this game? I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to play it. I'm not going to pick it up on launch. I'm going to wait a couple months until all the hype dies down because you know how hype t- tends to stay around a game for a month. Right. And then people see what it really is. And I'm going to wait for the hype to die down just to see what Destiny 2 really is about. And if they, and if they stick to the word and promise what they're saying, then mm-hmm. you know I'll come back on the show and I'll buy every single word I'm saying. But – Bunge, like like I said about Rockstar, they Rockstar has my trust. I trust them in every single thing right. that they do. Bungie and Activision, I mean, I, I shouldn't be the only one out there. It should be thousands of people out there that lose, that have lost com- complete trust in what they're saying. Like, it has to be, I gotta see it to believe it, or I gotta play it to believe it. Yeah, you're promising me all this nice stuff, but you guys also did it at the Destiny One reveal, and everything you promised wasn't in that game. You know, true. It, was, it, it wasn't there. It was, and the, it was, it was a completely different game. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating on Destiny Two. I mean, Destiny. You're kind of hating on it. Well, I'm, I'm hating on the, the lack of create, creativity because okay. I, I feel like the Destiny fans deserve more because the Destiny community is probably one of the best gaming communities out there, next to the Final Fantasy Realm Reborn community, right? Yeah. Like, everyone's really helpful. Um. I mean, you have your toxic corners in the community, but, you know, it's not as big as it is in Dota 2 or League of Legends, right? Mm. Like, people are just willing to help you out, and they, like, grow, and they're... Like, people care about Destiny. Destiny has become an icon in the gaming world, right? 
and I'm I'm not gonna say like like I said, I don't wanna say I'm hating on it, but if it sounds like if it sounds that way, they can perceive it however it is. I just want them to deliver the the game that they promised gamers. Like I'm all about the gamers. I'm always for the gamers, right? Right. So if you promise something do not betray them. Like, what Bungie did is completely backstab these gamers that love their franchise. And on top of that, they st- here's, here's one thing that really pissed me off, is they still can't get weapon balance right. Still, after two years and three DLCs, they're still messing around with the weapon balance, and, like, it's throwing fans off. I know plenty of people that just get fed up because one uh, a three-month period, the best game will be a shotgun. So everyone in PvP is running around with a shotgun. Right, next right. Three, next three months period they'll nerf the shotguns and buff hand cannon, so everyone's running around the hand cannon. And someone that wants to play to test like their new uh, automatic rifle doesn't get the opportunity because the weapons are so unbalanced. Right. Right. So I mean that's just it's just a misuse of the community's trust. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played mostly. Um, Vanilla Destiny because my dad was um my dad had gotten into gaming and he got Destiny and he's like hey I need some help and I know you're good at video games can you can you get it jump online and and help me out so I'm like okay cool and then my brother-in-law got it um my sister's husband ended up getting it so I ended up playing it with all three of them and you know we had fun on the three-man teams because he, my dad was a warlock, um, my brother-in-law was a titan, and I was a hunter. I mean, so we had the when we had the chemistry, we had the headsets. We were working well together. Um, we were getting the missions done. We were getting, I would say, decent drops, not the drops we were looking for. Yeah. Um, but then we tried to go and do the raids, and we're like, okay, well, it'll put us with three people that that help out. And we never got put with anybody good. We always got put with people that would leave us. Because, um, again, I'm playing with my dad. He's not the greatest at video games. He's a lot better now than he was then. Yeah. But he was still just getting into it, and he was a little slow at picking up what to do in certain situations. And we'd have to prop him, which is nothing wrong with that. I'm totally cool with that. But we'd get with those, you know, those 12, 13-year-old kids that cuss more than their parents do. Yeah. <coughs> and try to push you around, so I'd end up shooting him in the face. Well, and see, here's the thing with, like, the raid, like, when you play with your dad and your brother-in-law, like, you guys couldn't find, or you guys couldn't get into the raid, right? Because right. You, you had to actively go through a third-party app right, to find people to raid, and that took hours, right? Right. And, and, and that's my thing is, like, you guys have a hard mode where you could get the better gear. Create a matchmaking where you can just, you know play the normal raid with random people. If they're toxic, they're toxic. Leave and find another one, right? And you'd think they learn, but no. Instead, they introduced this thing called guided games where you can mm-hmm. actually hunt for, or you can, in, through the game, you can look for a clan that's doing the raid, but then, like, that clan has to accept you. And it, how, is that, how is that better than going through the app? It's the same thing. Right. Like, that stuff does not make sense. No, and, it doesn't. And, I'm confused. Yeah, and these... Like I pray, because the Destiny community deserves so much better than they what they're receiving, and I, I, I'm, I literally pray to Odin or Zeus, and like you know, like make Destiny Two be the game that the fan base deserves, right? Because 
you can't trust, especially you know what like completely was done with it when I was done with Bungie and uh, and Destiny is so you know the for the vanilla Destiny the greatest weapon you can acquire was Galahorn, right? Right. Like, that was the godsend weapon. If you had it, you, I ended up getting one. Yeah. Yeah. If you had it, you were like a beast. But every weekend you have this guy named Zur that comes down and he. You know, Love that man. Yeah, Love and that. he he sells exotics, right? Well, for the longest time, uh, Bungie was telling people, "Oh yeah, you know, Galahorn's in the RNG. Galahorn's in the RNG." And months later, after the first DLC drops, they tell everybody, "Oh yeah, Galahorn was never was never in the RNG for Zer." Right? So how are you going to lie to people like that? Right? Come out and say, "Well, we didn't put it in Zer's rotation because we feel like it's a." It's such a powerful weapon that you should go out there and just hunt it down and, you know, deserve it, right? But they lied, right. they lied again like they did on the reveal of Destiny 1. And I'm that's why I'm going back to Destiny 2 is I hope that they do not lie again or go back on the word uh, on Destiny 2. Because Destiny 2 is seeming like it is what these gamers want in, in, a, in a sense. There's still some stuff that they have no idea what gamers want, but they're getting there, right? Right, but I'm just I'm just hoping Destiny Two is their answers because that that community is awesome and they deserve a lot more. So that's just my little rant about Destiny. I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. Like I said, E3 comes around and they prove me wrong. I'll bite my words, but right now even E3 is not gonna save it. I'm gonna have to wait till launch. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean a game can be completely different at launch. We've seen that so many times before. Well, yeah. I mean, it changes all the time. Yeah. Um, now we got to talk about E3. Yep. So, um, E3's coming next weekend. E3's all... Have you ever been to E3? No, I haven't. Okay, I've been once. Oh, nice. I didn't um, know that. When I worked for EB Games back in the day when EB Games actually existed in the States, <laughs> um, our store ended up winning four tickets, so I got to go... To E3. Um, God, that was like in 2005 when E3 wasn't even cool. Yeah. But it was was cool, but it wasn't cool. Like, it was only cool to a set number of people, like nerds. Yeah. And you know me. I'm like the biggest nerd in the world. Like, I'm a – like, I portray that I'm a super cool dude. But deep down inside, I'm like the biggest nerd in the world, and I geek out at the geekiest, like at the nerdiest things. Yeah. Um, I geek out over anime. I geek out over video games. I geek out over comic books. Star Wars. I go God Star Wars. Yeah. Right. And then I'll say this: Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. That's good. Um. But yeah. So E3 is cool. So there's tons of expectations always going into E3. Um. You're a Microsoft guy. Mm Mm-hmm. What are your expectations from Microsoft? Um, so it's going to be another mini rant. I'll try to keep this short, but Microsoft needs to come out with first-party titles. There mm-hmm. is there is no excuse on why there shouldn't be at least two to three first-party titles exclusive to the Xbox and Xbox Scorpio, right? Because mm-hmm. Sony is killing it. Sony are, Sony's just decimating the market of first-party titles. Yeah. Like... I really want to play Horizon Zero Dawn because that's on PS4. You should. And you, you should play that. Well, and the, a report came out today. They sold like 3.5 million copies already. Yeah. That is outstanding for that game, right? But then on top of that, right after Hor- Horizon Zero Dawn, what game did they drop? 
Oh, they dropped Persona 5. Exactly. A month after. You have two blockbusters. Horizon Zero Dawn has implemented itself as one of the pillars Sony's going to stand on for this generation. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Persona's always been a pillar for Sony. Not necessarily. It's a niche. It's a niche franchise. Um, Final Fantasy used to be the pillar for Sony till they went multi-platform. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like, so for this generation, for the PS4, Xbox One era, right? Mm-hmm. Sony put its foot in the ground with Horizon Zero Dawn as their new oh hell yeah, IP, as a new IP, right? Like that is the game to have this of this generation. Um, like I said, with Microsoft. Back in 360, they ruled the market with Halo and Gears of War. They built the foundation of the 360 on those two titles, right? And Fable. So Halo, Gears of War, and Fable, they built their empire on those three pillars. And now with this generation, they haven't came out with one single game to start building the Xbox One empire. They got Halo Wars too. They... Halo Wars 2 was not that... I'm a Halo Wars fan, and I got bored of Halo Wars 2. <laughs> you know? Like, they are taking bricks from the pillars of Halo, Gears, and... Well, not Fable, because it's canceled now, or the studio's canceled. But they're, they're taking bricks from Halo and Gears and putting it under the Xbox One so it could stand on itself. But it's slowly c- crumbling away, because Halo 5 was horrible. Multiplayer was mm-hmm. fantastic, but the storyline was awful. Gears of War 4 was okay. Um, it felt it's like another rehash story. Instead of looking for Dom's wife, you're looking for, you know, the girl's mom. And it's just like, okay, new ideas, right? But you can right. – Sony needs to come out at E3 with a – You mean Microsoft. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Microsoft needs to come out at E3 with first-party title lineup, like no questions asked. Like – you have to come out and be like and say these are the pillars that are going to keep Xbox on par with um, <clears throat> Sony. I mean, Sony's well ahead of them, but you know, start building that structure and that foundation to start mm-hmm. raising your empire. And so far, they haven't. Quantum Break was supposed to be one, and that game didn't do good at all. It's a, I mean, it's a great game, but it just it didn't have the audience, right? Okay. <laughs> Overdrive, a game created by Insomniac, who was only creating games for PlayStation at the time has been overlooked by Microsoft since launch. And Overdrive, yeah, that was supposed to be pretty good. No, and Overdrive is a great game. That game is, I mean, the art style and the gameplay. I had probably that's probably the funnest. The game I had the most fun with in this generation. And we're what four years, five years into the uh, into this life cycle, right? About yeah, yeah. maybe maybe four. And so. Microsoft hasn't introduced any first-party titles to stand on, to stand to stand on, dude. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. While Sony is dropping bombs left and right, just freaking controlling the first-party market, Microsoft needs to stay away from grabbing third-party titles and showing it on their stage. Like I guarantee you, they're gonna do it with Far Cry Five and be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, look at this, and they're gonna like run it as like, oh yeah, it's gonna be better on Xbox. I don't care about that. Give me the, the last time Far Cry was good, though. Let's be honest, was three. Yeah, yeah, that's the only time it was good. But give yeah. give me a like you guys uh, at the launch of Xbox One, the E3 before the launch, they announced Cuphead, which is a 1950s hand hand drawn style game. Right. And then they announced Below, which is kind of like a top down Dark Souls kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen those. 
We and they announced it four years ago, and we haven't seen those games. Like those are games that are supposed to make your console, right? Right. You should. You would assume. Yeah, and you figure like you're lacking behind Sony so much. Even Nintendo dropping Breath of the Wild, you know, has put them in front of Microsoft, right? Yeah, um, it, it, in my eyes, it's a two two team race now. It's it's Sony and, and Nintendo. Yeah, and in the past, it's always been Microsoft and Sony. Mm-hmm. And now, people are just going to Microsoft is staying afloat just because of familiarization of the games of Gears of War and Halo, right? Like, what is stopping me from just completely changing over? And I love Xbox to death, but what is stopping me from just going over to PS4 and playing Horizon Zero Dawn and Persona 5? Oh, I know. Right? Yeah. Like, like what you say all the time, what is the point of buying games for Xbox if you could just pick it up from Windows 10? I mean, I don't even own an Xbox One for that one reason alone, is that I know I can pick up the game for Windows 10. Yeah, I have a, a laptop that's not maybe as powerful as an Xbox One. But I could downgrade the graphics and yeah, play just play. fine. Yeah, still experience the game. And what pisses me off is one of the games that was supposed to be a pillar for Xbox One got canceled out of the blue from nowhere. Right? What, is that Scalebound? Scalebound. Yeah. That game I freaking like had a freaking crush on since it was announced, right? Mm-hmm. And they just canceled it. And now there's rumors that Sony might be picking it up or a, a different party is picking it up. It's just ridiculous, dude. I mean, so at at the end of it all, when Microsoft's press conference concludes uh, on Sunday, because they are having it on Sunday, um, right? they need I, – I don't want a, a Forza Horizon because everyone knows those are great racing games. Right. I don't want that. Give us something new and something we can go look towards a holiday to play. Like, why am I going to buy a Scorpio if I had no first-party titles game to play it? Because, like I said, I'm playing Diablo, and I've been playing Diablo for months on Xbox One. Why, if you're not going to announce any first-party titles, I'm still going to just be playing Diablo holiday, you know, holiday 2017. Right. So give me something that makes me want to stay with Xbox. Because if... If Sony comes out and they drop, like, Shadow of the Colossus 2 or something, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my shit. I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go in and just get a PS4 right then and there. Well, here, here's what I see from Sony. Like, keep showing me your exclusives. Like, they, they're not even, like, first-party exclusives. They got third-party exclusives. Yeah. Which is Persona 5. Um, they have they usually have the rights to the Persona series, even though they're talking about Atlas has been playing with the idea of Persona Five on Switch, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, just because Nintendo has the main the mainline SMT games, yeah. Um, but we're going to see you know we're going to see more of the Spider Man game, which blew my mind last yep. year when they when they showed it. Because when they showed it, I'm like, okay, cool. This is probably like CG cutscenes during the Spider-Man game. Like, no, this is running in-game engine yep. on the PS4. And I, and my my mind, like, blew. There was brains all over the back wall <laughs> when I read that. Because it's just like, that was an amazing trailer. And it's coming from Insomniac. The guys who made... Overdrive. Um, yeah, Overdrive. Right. And they made Infamous. The Infamous series is freaking fantastic. Yeah. Um... We're going to see Uncharted Lost Legacy, which after Uncharted 4, I'm kind of 
at first when they announced Lost Legacy, I hadn't finished Uncharted 4 yet. Mm-hmm. Now that I finished Uncharted 4, I think I'm ready for Lost Legacy. Um, they, Naughty Dog always does extremely well with their games anymore. Um, uh, need some water there. Hold on. All right, got it. Uh, um, Naughty Dog is a good first-party developer now for Sony. Um, they do great games. I, I don't – ever since Uncharted 1 came out, they've kind of taken their – because they're the ones who made Crash Bandicoot. Let's get this right. Yep. They made Crash. They made Jack and Daxter. Um, so they – you originally thought they just did kitty-type action platformers, even though from Jack's 2 on, it was a pretty dark franchise – um, but when Uncharted came out, everybody's mind was blown at, at, they made like a movie that you can play. Yeah. Like you experienced the story as a, you know, it was like a full movie. Um, I believe that got game of the year that year. Uncharted two came out, got game of the year that year that it came out. Uncharted three came out, got game of the year that it came out. Uncharted four didn't get it last year. I don't think, but, um, but then there there came The Last of Us from Naughty Dog, which was, God, probably the greatest game I ever played on PS3. Yep. Um, and I have it. I have the definitive edition on PS4, and it's just as good. Um, the best part is I can play it on my Vita on the go. Yep. Um, but then from Sony, I'm I'm pretty sure we'll see Last of Us Two. Mm-hmm. Um, which. Just from that one trailer, has got me getting goosebumps even talking about it. It looks so good. Um, we're going to see the reboot of God of War, or the relaunch. I Technically, it takes place in a new mythology era. Yeah. Um, we're going to see Detroit become human, which looks fantastic, like a good choose-your-own-adventure type game. Um, we're going to see that weird game from Media Molecule called Dreams. Um, where the whole tagline is, if you can dream it, you can do it in the game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We're probably going to see more PlayStation VR games, which I'm getting more and more impressed every time I see. Well, uh, with that, they announced that, or there's rumors, but um, that Fallout 4 is going to be on a PlayStation VR. Which would be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. That would p- almost be a PlayStation VR selling point. Yeah. Um, we're going to see Days Gone. Oh, that it, it's the survival horror game of all survival horror games all of a sudden. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's resource management to the extreme, which is always good in a zombie survival horror game. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just see that click video and, and your heart stops. It's like, this game's amazing. Um, we're going to see Nino Kuni 2. Mm-hmm. Um, which looks ridiculously good. Um, whoa, what happened there? What? All of a sudden, music started in my headset. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> but we're just going to go back. Um, but yeah, Nino Kuni 2. Nino Kuni was awesome. Great, heart-wrenching story. Kind of like a Studio Ghibli-type story. Yeah. So, um, but the gameplay wasn't quite there, like, for me. I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I played it from start to finish, um, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. But Nino Kuni 2 looks to fix the gameplay problems. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to another epic, heartwarming story with a better battle system. 
Um, so that's Sony just keep giving me the exclusives. Seriously, yeah, keep giving me exclusives. Um, from gaming studios in particular, I'm looking forward to Atlas and Sega and what they're showing. Um, as you, Atlas is probably my favorite JRPG studio. They've never, I've never played a bad J, Atlas JRPG. Every single game I've played is fantastic. Um, I'm looking forward to them showing what they're doing with Nintendo because they have a SMT for Switch coming out. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. Um, it's probably a remake of an older SMT game, which is completely fine with me. Yep. Um, but if it's something new, that'd be even more fantastic. That's what will sell me to the Switch quicker than any other game right now is getting my hands on an SMT game there. Um, they're probably going to show more of Deep Strange Journey, which is a remake of SMT Strange Journey. And, uh, so, and Nintendo hopefully will announce that uh, Monster Hunter Double Cross is coming to the That's West. right. Right. Uh, hopefully it does. I mean, Double Cross, if it comes on 3DS too, that would be awesome. Yeah. Because it is technically a 3DS game in Japan too. But they are putting it on the Switch. That's pretty big news that it's coming on Switch. And um, Yeah, and then uh, Japan gets a sweet Monster Hunter Switch. Like the whole console is Monster Hunter themed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and so I'm a huge Monster Hunter fan. So, um, you know, I'm expecting that from Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo can still stand on Breath of the Wild, right? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to announce some DLC. Um, they said they have some pretty big DLC for it in the works. Yeah, that's what I read. Um, I'm, I don't know what it is yet. I haven't played Breath of the Wild yet. I have Wii U. Uh, I'm debating of getting it for Wii U or just waiting till I get a Switch. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got other stuff in my backlog I want to play, so... Um, but, you know, I don't want... Like, Nintendo is just announced a Switch. They they launched a new console this year, so I think they're golden for the year, right? I mean, release... You would hope. I mean, they got to get Mario Odyssey out. Well, yeah, that's a given. Everyone knows that's going to come, right? Um, and I'll be, like, surprised, but even if they announce, like, oh, you can play uh, 3DS games on the Switch with the cartridges or something like that, like, that would be amazing. Shoot, I, I might also... I might buy a switch on that yeah right um i'm always playing my 3ds right i mean so if 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 my point is if nintendo doesn't have like a really huge announcement they can get away with it microsoft on the other hand can't no and and i don't think sony can get away with it either um sony needs to keep churning the first party titles and exclusives out yep um that's the reason they're winning this console generation i don't like to say people are winning and losing in a console generation because it's not about that yeah um, but by far, Sony in, is outperforming both right now. Yeah. Um, and that's because Nintendo launched a new system, and Nintendo's always going to be strong. It's a more family-based system. Yeah. Whoa. See? See what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's there's stuff coming out, and I we'll probably see, um, God, what was that game I was thinking of? Lost Fear, the oh, spiritual yeah. successor from uh, um, from Tokyo RPG Factory, yep. the spiritual successor successor of I Am Setsuna. What is an awesome game? Yeah, uh, and, and and Lost Fear is for PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Yeah. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing Dragon Quest Eleven. Oh yeah, I forgot about Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, this is like. 
the coolest thing ever is that they're doing it on PS4, Switch, and 3DS. But the 3DS version is what I'm really looking at because it's like there's two ways you can play it on the 3DS. You can play it with classic 2D sprites or you can play it in 3D. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I saw the 2D sprites, and it looks like classic Dragon Quest. It looks like Dragon Quest V all over again. Yeah. And so it's like, do I want the nostalgia factor? Hell yeah. Or do I want to play it more modern? I can. Yep. But I'm hoping we get a Western announced for that. We haven't had that yet, but with the way Dragon Quest has been growing over here with Dragon Quest Heroes and Dragon Quest Builders, I'm hoping we get that. Yeah. Um, If not, I'll be devastated because it's a game that we deserve. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. Um, not that we deserve, but what we need over here. What we want to experience. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then maybe we'll see Fire Emblem Switch. I'm just thinking about that right now. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll see something, a new trailer or something. Um, you know, I'm also looking forward to Bethesda's, um conference. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not expecting a, a new Elder Scrolls or a new Fallout. Um, I am expecting a, a new IP. Right, and from the le- from the leaks that have surfaced on the internet in the past couple of days, it's supposed to be a, an RPG type game that takes place in outer space called and the code name working title or it might be the title. It's called Starfield, uh-huh. right? So I mean, it's probably going to be like an Elder Scrolls Fallout thing, but in space, which I'm perfectly fine with because I love the Elder Scrolls and Fallout series. Mm-hmm. So if if that's the case. That's the case, but um, no, I'm just looking. Todd Howard and his team always do a great job on games, and what's great about that is if they announce that game, it will be out in new in November of this month. Right, the, the, they get them out when they don't really announce until they're near the end of development. Oh yeah, and it, their history shows them doing that. Like that's one of their um, SOPs. Is like they've probably been working on this game for six years, right? So, yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen with them is they're going to announce Starfield and it's going to come out uh, in November. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because Todd Howard, he shows up at E3 and then he disappears till next year. Next year's E3, no one knows what he's doing, right? Right. So, but yeah, that's that's my expectation for Microsoft, man. Microsoft guys, come out swinging. Give me something I don't mm-hmm. want. I don't want Crackdown Three. I don't want that game. I didn't care for. Give the it ed- to him. Do it. Oh, I, I didn't care for the other Crackdown. It's probably a phenomenal game. I just don't care for it. Like, just give give me at least two first party titles I could be excited for. And right. Not, and not ten ex- exclusives like Tomb Raider. Right. True. So, because we're we got Tomb Raider like on PS4 like not too much after. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so E3, we'll talk about the reactions and what we thought after. Yeah. Um, so that'll lead us into our what we call our quick hit segment, where we just give a quick few minute synopsis and review on a game we've played recently. So I'm guessing you're going to do Injustice 2 because yeah. you've been playing it. Yeah, um, really quick, like 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds, like 10. Injustice 2, great story, um, great writing. Uh, you can customize your characters, like different armor, different colors, which is cool. I can make Flash, like Reverse Flash, or Godspeed, or Zoom, or however I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I highly recommend picking that one up. Like I said, that, that 
that story needs to be experienced. Right. But other than that, that's all, that's all I have for my quick hits. It's just a fighting game. It's like three hours long, but it's worth it. Okay. Um, so mine, Big Monkey in the Room, Persona 5. <laughs> um, I don't even think there's words to describe this game to me anymore. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I lose words when I try to think about it. Yeah. Um, because the game is phenomenal. Um, the delays were worth it. They polished the game to extreme polish to where I'm having a far, hard time finding any flaws. Um, characters, fantastic. Story, amazing. Fantastic. Um, music, phenomenal. Um, it's just another one of those soundtracks that Shoji Meguro does for every SMT game, every Persona game, he's been doing the soundtracks. And every note of every single song hits you. It's in the moment. It's exactly what you want. Like, it's exactly what you would expect for that very moment. I don't know how he captures it. I don't know what he does, but he, he makes phenomenal soundtracks. Um, art, art direction, design was blew my mind the way that the menus pop up at you, how things are written, you know, voice acting. English and Japanese were fantastic. Um, one of the best voice acted games I've ever ever listened to. Um, I can't even say. I could just say if you're a fan of RPGs, JRPG, Western RPG, or if you're a fan of a long, deep, engaging story, play this game. It'll grow on you. Um, it's a little more mature than most. That's why it's rated M. It's a it's a highly mature story. Um, but I, I think everybody should experience this game because, like I said, it puts me at a loss for words. I can't even, I can't even write. I was going to write down a whole full review, and I couldn't even get myself to that point. It was so phenomenal, and that's how you know it's an amazing game. Yeah, and when I'm thinking of what I could play next on consoles, the only thing I could think of is, hey, let me replay Persona Five on Merciless difficulty, or let me go back and play some old SMT games like Digital Devil Saga One and Two. Or let me go play Nocturne, or you know things like that. Well, yeah, it's it's like um, any excuse to go back and replay the game. You won't mind doing it, right? Right, and and right now I can only see myself playing that game for the next twenty years. Well, see, and that's that's with me. Like with The Witcher Three, I beat all that game, the entire DLC. It took me like close to around three hundred hours, which I'm fine mm-hmm. with, right? And then um, they just released a mod where the whole game is in first person. So guess what oh, I'm wow. doing? Yeah, guess what I'm doing? I'm going to play the whole game in first person now. Right? And I love The Witcher 3. It's probably my second favorite all time. And I am I do not mind playing, replaying through it at all. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Persona 5 to the, for me. That's actually... Every SMT games, they're so polished that I don't mind replaying them over and over. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you... I showed you my Persona 4 Golden. Yeah. Um, that was my second playthrough. That wasn't even my first. Um, I've replayed Persona 4 Golden about 10 times. I've played Persona 3 about 15. Um, I've played SMT 1, 2, 3, 4, and 4 Final, which is technically Apocalypse over here. I've replayed those 4 or 5 times a piece. Yeah. Um, Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2 replayed them several times. I mean, every game just is fantastic in that in that series that I mean, they're replayable just like you said with The Witcher. 
I usually just jump around and play from one to the other. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those were our quick hits. And so we all know E3 is coming, so June is kind of a slow month for releases. Um, unless somebody drops something like they did a couple years ago at E3 when they're like, bam, Final Fantasy VII is available on PSN starting yeah. right now. You yeah. know, unless they do something like that, um, there's not much that is coming out. So is there anything you're looking forward to in particular? Uh, no, not any games, just E3. You know, mm-hmm. just I'm hoping and praying right now. I'm uh, I'm nervous on two things: is um, the Warriors winning the title and uh, mm-hmm. Microsoft giving me something new. Well, I think you got more of a chance of the Warriors winning the title than Microsoft giving you something new. Oh yeah, oh I know that, but still, you know, like I, like you said, June's a slow month for games because E3 is the main focus of June. So right. com- companies tend to stay away from launching games in June. Right, unless you're Idea Factory, yeah, um, they tend to release very niche JRPGs, and there's one actually coming out tomorrow. Um, it's called Dark Rose Valkyrie. Um, it's part role-playing game, part visual novel, like all their games are. Um, it's in an alternate 1920s where a meteor hit the planet and unleashed a virus turning people into inhuman monsters called yeah. Chimeras. Mm. And you're part of a special team called the Valkyr- Special Force Valkyrie, and you're tasked with eliminating the Chimera threat. Um, the twist is there's a traitor in the Special Force Valkyrie. You don't know who it is, but the whole like throughout the game you kind of can guess who it is. It's one of your teammates. Um, but what it is, what the cool thing about that is, is it switches every time. So it's not the same betrayer every time Yeah, you play the game. So it adds replayability. It looks like a typical JRPG that I will pick up and play eventually. Um, I'll check. I'll, I'll see how much it is on release. It's probably $60. I'll see what I have in my account. If I don't have enough, then I'll just wait till it goes on sale. Yeah. But it looks good. Um, so I'll check out the reviews and see if it's good. And I'll check it out, I'll look at it, and then I'll go from there. (coughs) So, um, thank you all again for joining us on the Don't Trust Us Gaming Podcast. Um, We can't thank you enough for the support. Um, I know it's a slow start. Um, Our views, our listens aren't quite up yet, but, you know, we're just doing this for fun. We don't get paid for any of this. We don't get paid to do it. We just love talking about games with each other. So we thought we'd share it all with you guys. Um, and if you want to share it with us, you can hit us up anytime at our email at don'ttrustusgaming at gmail.com. Or you can catch us on Twitter at, at don'ttrustusgame, where lately I've been posting Magikarp Jump screenshots and, yeah. and Fire Emblem Heroes builds on there. Um, for specific heroes, like when I finish a hero, I'm like, hey, check this out. I'm gonna, you know, I'm proud of this build, or, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'll, we'll put stuff up there. Um, you guys can always interact with us there. We want to be very interactive. Um, we want to answer your questions. We want to know what you're playing right now. We want to know what you guys think about E3 coming up, what you're looking forward to, what you expect from E3. Um, if you have any thoughts about what we talked about, you want to counter anything, you want to give us your reasoning why you like it, and we should. We're, we're up to talk about that. We would love to talk about it. Anything you want us to specifically talk about 
in the next episode. Please let us know. We're here for you. We just want to talk games. We want to talk games with, with our friends and our families, and this is what this outlet is for us. Um, so again, it's don'ttrustusgaming at gmail.com and at Twitter at don'ttrustusgame. Um, thanks again, everybody, and we will catch you next time. Later. Ooh.